1: Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground
1: at visitcalifornia.com. It's time for the Happy Half Hour. With your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome back. The happy half hour, Darren and Will here with you to recap what's been an incredible month of March. But I want to start, Darren, with something that's been on everyone's mind here in the city of Charlotte. It's been all over social media. You can't miss it. It's the controversy of ages. I I need your take on the Bojangler. Oh, what are you trying to just... Do I appear to be in a
0: poor mood that you just got to seed the clouds to get me talking about my favorite food item in Charlotte fast food history? Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, no, no. no.
1: I just, I want to hear it in, you know, in not Twitter form.
0: The Bojangler contains multitudes. Uh, I love it. Every year, Bojangles, during Lent, because a lot of people eat fish on Fridays during Lent, Bojangles sells a delicious fish sandwich that they call the Bojangler, but- In my quest for maximum deliciousness in my life and against the uh, preferences of my cardiologist, uh, I like mine on a biscuit rather than a bun. Now, if you want to confuse a fast food worker who really just don't need this in their life, they're just (laughs) trying to, you know, people just trying to go to work, send out some biscuits and chicken and get on with their day, and here comes this guy with a special order through the drive-thru, and it's like Bojangler... On a biscuit instead of a bun. There's your hashtag, on a biscuit instead of a bun. You get that thing with tartar sauce. It comes with, when they give it to you as a sandwich, it's got tartar sauce and cheese. <laughs> I've always thought, even back to the days of the McDonald's filet fish, uh-huh. that the piece of cheese was kind of extraneous.
1: Sure, yeah. We
0: don't really, need you know. No. My fish experience, it does not need processed American cheese food. So no. uh, I will usually do away with the cheese. Uh, sometimes they put it in there and you, it slips by the goalie. But the key is tartar <laughs> sauce and hot sauce. Oh. Like if Bojangles yeah. was really committed to this bit and would come up with a Cajun tartar sauce, uh-huh. something with just a little pop just to kind of cut, um, just cut some of that creaminess of the mayonnaise-based tartar sauce, I could get down with that. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of heat. You know, it's got the bojangles spice on the fish already. A little bit extra heat, a little tartar sauce on a biscuit, and your day will be happier.
1: And and you have spent the so much of Lent. You know, Lent is about yes. about giving things up. But you know, Darren has taken this yeah. on this mission to right to evangelize to the masses.
0: I, I have given up personal grooming. For Lent, I've taken that on uh, as my burden, but I am adding as many Bojanglers as I can. I think I'm up to six now so far. Wow. I've I've kept track for some ridiculous reason. So
1: do you have a day of the week that you eat it on, or is it just whenever the mood strikes? I mean,
0: a lot of times I feel like doing it on Friday. Sure. Because, because... Uh, but, like, Saturday when I was on my way in here uh, for Dante Jackson and DJ Moore. Yeah. I – you know, Saturday was, like, the first time I slept past 5.30 in two and a half weeks. And so I get up at 10, and I'm kind of groggy, and it's <laughs> like, okay – here we go. Here we go. Dante's, you know, see it to office at two. Okay, so I get up and I get the news out and then drive through my neighborhood Bojangles. Third mm-hmm. Street represent. It's yeah. my favorite. It's oh, yeah. the home office. Yeah. Um, and grabbed a couple of Bojanglers and came on in. And it girded my loins and I was ready for another day of round-the-clock football.
1: Wow. Well, for those that are still listening yeah, that wanted exactly. to get some football content today, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're, we'll jump into it now. How about do we want to go in reverse chronological yeah. order and and work the, our way the back?
0: Panthers off season is the Bojangler on a biscuit of off seasons. <laughs> they've just crammed so much deliciousness into a condensed space that no, it's uh, it, it's weird because this off has been kind of drunk even by NFL standards. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Aaron, I just got
1: a push about craziest offseason right. ever or Aaron something.
0: Aaron Rodgers, Willie or Wani. He didn't mm-hmm. do full Brett Favre, but you know, we had to go through that drama. Russell Wilson gets traded. Today, I had my head down writing for an hour and I missed the Tyree Hill saga. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that thing that thing began and ended in about less time than it takes to watch a movie. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and the Panthers haven't done the gigantic, huge thing that creates that reaction. But all the stuff they've done, mm-hmm. you know, while none of them individually rise to the level of, hey, Martha, did you see that? It's still a more stable football team than it was a couple of weeks ago. It's a more solid football team. It's a deeper football team, and it's a football team that's kind of checked off a lot of the boxes. When Scott Fitter went into this thing this offseason, he talked about the number one priority was being more solid on both lines, specifically the offensive line. And when you go out and you sign Austin Corbett, Mm -hmm. who started every game for the Super Bowl champion Rams, you go out and get a bargain deal on Bradley Bozeman, who started 48 games the last three years for the Ravens, and he's coming in here to compete. That's not even a guarantee of a starting job for that guy. And he, a lot of people around the league who do not work here have talked to me about that's good signing. You mm-hmm. know, and it, when other football people are like, yeah, that's a good one right there. And on the other side of the ball, adding Matt Ioannidis gives them somebody to stick next to Derek Brown who is strong and is good against the run and has demonstrated the ability to rush the passer. I mean he had a he had a run in Washington two years in eighteen nineteen where he had sixteen sacks, twenty seven yeah. quarterback hits. Yeah. He can get after it. Now he's had some injuries like and, I think
1: third most of on defensive tackles in that span. Yeah. In those two years.
0: And, you know, he is he Aaron Donald? No, he's not. Nobody's Aaron Donald. But he is a guy who gets consistent pressure up the middle and in a situation where you're kind of transitioning and you wanted to be a little bit bigger up front and you didn't want to go through another season with less than 500 pounds of pass rusher in Burns and Hassan Reddick, You know, suddenly you're a little more stout. You're a little better able. They've done some moves along the fringes, brought back Marquise Haynes, brought back Frankie Louvu. Burns is still there. But that line, both those lines are, are not, oh, my God, would you look at? But they're both better mm-hmm. than they were a month ago. Yeah. A- and that's the key. That's all you can do. When you're in this situation, you fix what you can fix.
1: Darren, I I think we're both trying to pull this up. All of the free agent signings that have happened, and I think one of the themes for me so far, I think going into the last month of the season, it it was this feeling like, oh my gosh, the Panthers are losing a lot of players on this current team. A lot of these guys are going to walk, and then at this point, you know, obviously Hassan Reddick, you know, big contract with the Eagles, but and and Gilmore is still out there, but otherwise, all these other guys, Dante Jackson, DJ Moore extended. You know, mm-hmm. Rashawn Melvin resigned today for some death piece in the secondary. But as you said, Marquise Haynes, Frankie Luvu, yep. like all of these guys that are kind of coming back, I think that speaks to you know some of the foundation building they're doing.
0: Right, and Brandon Zilstra. And so Zylstra. there's a backup <laughs> kicker on the roster now. Um, yeah. I mean, and again, nobody's going to freak out when you resign Brandon Zilstra, but it's it's still a solid piece of business because he does fill so many roles. And one of the other things. I guess an off-season emphasis. They wanted to get better on special teams mm-hmm. and brought in a new coordinator in Chris Tabor who's respected across the league. That's another guy. When I was walking around Mobile or or Indy at the Combine, people would be like, that was good. That that was a good thing they did in bringing him in. So, um, Tabor now all of a sudden, he's got Zane Gonzalez back to kick. They go out and sign Johnny Hecker, who was only the all-decade punter of the mm-hmm. 2010s. Um And can throw the ball around a little bit and is a funny guy. And I think fans are (laughs) going to love getting to know him. And you've got J.J. Jansen back. So now there's stability on special teams. And, you know, they've, again, not sexy moves, but solid moves. And solid is what you want to be in this situation. I mean, they're – There are ways, you know, the one big question is still lingering out there, Mm -hmm. and everybody's going to want to know what's going on at quarterback, and that's still TBD. And they're going to continue to work through all the options. And I think, you know, some options are better than others, but we can't say with any degree of certainty right now whether it's going to be X, Y, or Z at quarterback. But all the other stuff, they've kind of done a pretty good job of putting those pieces together.
1: And we're going to get to that in a second. Everyone, just fast forward about five minutes in your, your podcast to hear Darren tell you who the next quarterback of the Carolina Panthers is going to be, little tease. Darren, you've met some of these guys coming in. Yeah, I think there's some really interesting stories, um, and we're just beginning to kind of unwrap the onions on right. some of these guys. What are some of the tidbits that you've picked up uh, that fans may not see in an article or in a tweet that you know you you know this guy is is going to be interesting because,
0: yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I think um, Corey Littleton, who was among the last wave uh, of guys to come through, Littleton played in college with Shaq Thompson, so there's mm-hmm. some automatic familiarity there. Uh, Damian Wilson. Uh, knows Shaq. And I said, how do you know Shaq? And he's like, well, we were in the same draft and Wilson and Thompson, we were kind of last in alphabetical order. (laughs) So we were always in line next to each other. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, and uh, Austin Corbett and Bradley Bozeman were roommates at at the the senior bowl. Bowl. So it it is kind of a small world, Um, you know, and we, and we will, we'll get into all this stuff. Damian Wilson's actually got family members on staff here so huh. we'll we'll get to that at some point on panthers.com stay tuned for all that but uh yeah it is an interesting group of, of people and, and i think there are a lot of characters in here that people are going to respond well to you know bradley Bozeman's story about driving around in an rv and living in the rv with his wife for mm-hmm. a while is fantastic it's the kind of thing of course an offensive lineman lives in an rv yes sign me up for some of that this is a person i can like uh Johnny Hecker is is hilarious. We are going to have some fun. Yeah, I, I predict hijinks in the special teams meeting room with, you know, JJ Jansen and Johnny Hecker mm-hmm. in the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be good content. So it, it is, and there are a lot of guys who just have a kind of a personality. If there's another through line with all of them, a lot of these guys do have something to prove. You know, even Austin Corbett who was the big money contract of the lot of them. Corbett was a guy the Browns couldn't get rid of fast enough. They drafted him with the first pick in the second round in 18, you know, 33rd overall, and he kind of disappointed there. And they traded him to the Rams for a sack of beans, and he turned into a pretty yeah. good player. And, and he ta- I talked to him the other day about that and getting to the point of believing in yourself again. And a lot of these guys have that, that, you know, this is – You know, Bozeman's here on a one-year deal when a lot of people thought he would make more money on a longer-term deal at 27. Uh, So all these guys kind of have something to prove, and and that should make for a more competitive environment.
1: And at the same time, they also have some experience in the playoffs. Uh, You know, putting these guys' bios together, a lot of these guys not only played – in the playoffs they advanced you know they yep. played in conference championship games they won conference championship games went to the super bowl you know obviously corbett won it last year yep. three, with the rams so,
0: three super bowl rings walked in the door this week you know? damian wilson and a couple of rams and hecker and corbett
1: yeah and 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 other guys that that were there and were close and have that experience in the playoffs so you know that that can do a lot to a locker room even if it's not the guy that you see on the poster you know it's a guy that hey you know i i know what it takes to win in this league
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I think that is important. And, you know, Bozeman comes from, you know, if there is a team lately, and I say lately, over the last 20 years, that you would kind of consider this stable franchise in the NFL, it'd probably be the Ravens. Mm -hmm. So go get guys who played for the Ravens. Go get guys who played for the Chiefs. Go get guys, you know, the Steelers are a team that's kind of always been considered in that category, and they hadn't brought anybody in from Pittsburgh. But, you know, those those consistent winners and guys who have been in that environment, I I do think it matters when a team is this young. And, you know, the Carolina Panthers, there are a couple of stray guys around here who have been on teams like that, but this team is still so young and so new in its development that I think the more of that you can add to the room, the better it'll be for those young kids.
1: All right, so the big question everyone wants to know, and I think it's probably going to be one of the people sitting around this table. I'm just kidding. Yeah. The Panthers this week. Everyone's been out looking at these pro days. Uh-huh. On, on Monday we had Kenny Pickett in Pitt. We had Malik Willis yesterday with Liberty, and then Matt Corral with Ole Miss this afternoon. Yep. Darren, what are the things they're looking for? You know, so the coaches, the staff. You know, Scott Fitter, they're all there. You know, what are the things they're trying to get out of these pro days?
0: Right now, listen, I'm as I'm as jaded as anyone can be about this process, having been around it for so long. Of course, a pro day work out is scripted to highlight a guy's strengths. Mm-hmm. So to have a bad pro day workout is negligence on somebody's part. Yeah. Probably the people who scripted your pro day. So you you do things to make him look good. And what we know about Malik Willis, we know he throws a good deep ball. So they set him up to get off platform and heave 165 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And everybody saw it, and he's jumping up and down and, and laughing and having fun, and everybody goes who and I. Ah. And we know it's scripted. We know it's supposed to look like that, but when it looks like that anyway, it's yeah. hard for your eyes not to be like the cartoon dog and sort of bug <laughs> out of your head like that. Um, it was it was interesting, but they go up there, too, to talk to support personnel, talk to coaches, talk to equipment people who knew him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you can learn things from how a guy treats the equipment manager. And, yeah. and the scouting department goes through all that over the course of the year anyway and they've got a file on these guys but it's just a chance to sit down with them talk eye to eye have a meal you know get to know these guys at a little different level because when you're talking about quarterbacks that personal relationship is huge because you've got to be able to trust this guy for multiple years and you got to make sure you're not jumping on the wrong train yeah because this is a commitment and it is a, a I think that decides people's careers and and whether you get to stay in certain jobs um, long enough. So it's a crucial decision for a lot of people around here. And and you use this time at these pro days to get to know these guys. So um, Pickett is, you know, I think if we're trying to characterize these guys – Pickett's probably the high floor guy like Mac Jones was last mm-hmm. year. Like you can't imagine Kenny Pickett going to the league and becoming terrible at football. I just don't I don't think anybody anticipates that. Um Malik Willis is the high ceiling guy. Yeah. Where it's like it might take him a minute to get there, but boy, what if? And that what if mm-hmm. is is tantalizing. I mean, yep. it's the kind of thing that's you know, intriguing for teams when they see that kind of raw talent. Matt Corral has got a lot of good tape, too. If you look at what Ole Miss did over the last couple of years, specifically last year, he, he's played some high-level football in a system that, you know, he's had to make some checks. He's had to do some things. So uh, it, it is a fascinating uh, conversation, and they're continuing to look at all those guys. They're continuing to look at just about everybody else uh under the sun and they're trying to figure out if there's a way to get tom brady here no i'm just kidding that's (laughs) not possible i don't think maybe next year uh because tom brady's going to play until he's 75 years old yeah um i may never get to vote for tom brady for the hall of fame because he's just not ever going to retire (laughs) at least not before i do so anyway that's a long way of saying there's a lot of stuff still going on but the bulk of the bulk of the roster construction is now done. Other than the quarterback thing, mm-hmm. this is kind of what it's going to be. And, and I think over the next month, we we look to the draft. And right now they're sitting there at six. And then you wait a while. Yeah, it's going to be 137 until they pick again at the tail end of the fourth round after the trades they made last year, which is not ideal. Uh, but I also don't know that that's a final number either. Right. I think there are things they could do, you know, and we can spend the next month talking about what do you do at six or who's the target at six. And, you know, I, I think for today what they've done is, and this is the way smart teams use free agency, it's to fill in as many blanks on your depth chart as possible so you don't walk into a draft with glaring I'm Dave <laughs> And have yeah. to pick certain yeah. players at certain positions just to fill your depth chart.
1: Right, you know, best you know, as they say, best available. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, as many times as you're able to do that, sure. the better. Um, and they'll have a lot of options there at six, and we'll have plenty of time to to kind of talk through that. You know, we have a, another month of of Darren writing five, six, seven stories a day, and you ah, know, th- ah, this this ah, is all ah, this man ah, does ah, around ah, here. You know, you got to give him the clicks, Darren. It it's it's. And maybe talk me off this talk me off this rant. Does it feel like this offseason is some sort of sea change for the way that the NFL may work and function in terms of the stars of teams? You know, you looked at the NBA yeah. over the last five, ten years and these guys, you know, Kawhi Leonard wins a championship the next year he's somewhere else. Right. You know, these guys just move around, you know, I, I can't even keep track with where James Harden has been over the last five years, or Kevin Durant, or whoever else. And now you have, what, Russell Wilson in Denver, Matt Ryan in Indy, Carson Wentz in Washington. You have all of this quarterback movement, Jimmy Garoppolo potentially leaving San Francisco after after a playoff run. And it, it doesn't it feels like these things can just kind of keep changing now in, in, in a different right. way. Is, is that something that's going to uh, linger here? Yeah.
0: I mean, if, if you thought my biscuit thoughts were going to set this uh, podcast <laughs> off in a new direction, let's talk about the tectonic shift of labor relations in the United States. At the present moment, that'll really drive this thing straight into the ditch. <laughs> no, I, it is fascinating because the NFL has always taken advantage of the fact that the NFL Players Association, as unions go, is a relatively weak one. Mm-hmm. A- and, you know, the system is designed to put people in a certain place uh, and keep them there and give teams the ability to exercise all the leverage. I mean, yeah. the franchise tag is a way of keeping best your best player off the market and reducing... The leverage they have but players have taken it back and listen uh, for all the other storylines that go with deshaun watson the fact that he got a fully guaranteed Mm -hmm. contract is a game changer i mean not even aaron Rodgers did that so you know we're getting to a point now where the next quarterback that comes up i mean what happens when it's time to talk about patrick mahomes Mm -hmm. in the future Mm -hmm. well of course he's going to want fully guaranteed five years at a time because this guy got it. And then you keep advancing it a little more and more, and you get, you know, again, Russell Wilson dictated terms and and decided Denver was the place he wanted to be. So Denver was his next destination, and that had to get worked out. So um, you saw it a little bit, too, with Matt Ryan when the Falcons sort of had to circle back and make things right by him. It's like, okay, now that we've done this, where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. and they didn't get a lot of return they got a third round pick from matt ryan but matt ryan's old and uh he's on the downside of a of a great career but it's just it's weird to me that out of all this stuff that for the first time since what 2006 i'm gonna cover a panthers falcons game and matt ryan's not gonna be at it that doesn't make any sense so Um, It has taken a turn. Players are more empowered. I am generally in favor of labor in these situations and and people having as much liberty as is humanly possible. Um, But it it is a different way of doing business for the NFL, and a lot of people are going to have to get used to it, and a lot of people are going to have to get used to this news cycle spinning at a pace it has not spun in the past.
1: Well, that, that's fun for both of us. Huh? Yay! Yay!
0: Sleep's overrated.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, I don't want to keep Darren any longer. I think our, our listeners would love more no. more of our half hour, but Darren I, I know, needs to go get a nap.
0: No, honestly, and I, I know I sound like a horrible person, but you could literally talk about this stuff all day. Uh-huh. There's that much happening. Yeah. I mean, we... We talked for 30 minutes here about what's going on in the Panthers' offseason, and we didn't even mention Xavier Woods. (laughs) Right. And and that guy's walking straight into the starting lineup. Yeah. and, And they're going to depend on him to do some pretty important stuff back there, and we didn't even get to it because, you know, while he's a key piece for a defense that's kind of retooling around some of those young guys, it's like flashing light, flashing light over here, explosion. Look over there, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of the way March has become.
1: It's it's madness. <laughs> I see what you <laughs> did there.
0: Yeah, that was not, good. Not bad, Will Brian. That was not good. Bad. Well,
1: we'll end on this, Darren. Who's your Final Four? Do you have one out of this this group that's left?
0: I'm going St. Peter's. St. Peter's. The yes, if uh, only because Peacock I grew Nation? up. A, I grew up a member at St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Conover, North Carolina. I may or may not know the guy who does the church sign out front. Uh, I suggested to him for the church sign that he should put St. Peter's is still dancing, in parentheses, unlike those Baptists down the street. Uh, he did not go with my suggestion. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm all in on the Peacocks.
1: I, I love it. Peacock Nation, you heard it. Darren Gant is all behind you. Win one for DG this weekend. Restrictions apply.